Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Grimm, and I will be your host today. Joining me, I have two very special guests, or how does Charlemagne say it? I have a special guest in the building. <laughs> 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 Little Breakfast Club nod. Um, no, we have two of my best friends in the world, uh, two of the most amazing pastors I know. Guys, give it up for Rob and Caitlin Asherbranner. What's up, Red Rocks? How we doing today? Hey, guys. Guys, Rob and Caitlin, um, they're some of Aaron and I's closest friends, and we actually know each other based off of your relationship with yeah. Aaron. Ka- yeah, Caitlin we went to college went, together. Yeah, what, what, what college was we it? We went to Concordia University in Austin for one year. We made it one year before one we both packed year. up and went home, but we <laughs> met each other. Actually, I met Aaron. She wasn't even a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't shock me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, so that's all. How did you guys like become friends? At yeah. Concordia? So what happened is Erin had a um, roommate move out. So basically she lived by herself and me and my roommate were a little butting head. So I'd just go like <laughs> uh, bunk in her room and then we just kind of became friends. We after we both went home was actually more when our friendship started, but that's how we met and we just would hang out and I would basically just sleep over in her room because. Talk a little bit because I've asked you this before. How did you guys like stay in contact after you left because you guys were friends to a sense at college. Yeah. But like, how did that translate once you both went separate directions? Yeah. So we would just like kind of text, kind of keep up like that. And then one time, um, Aaron actually just like texted me out of the blue and was like, Hey, I think we could have been like really good friends and whatever. I'd like to continue our friendship. So she's kind of, we're like, okay, great. Then, <laughs> uh, really it took off when she went to passion. So like, I knew she wasn't a Christian really. I was like praying for her obviously to come to know Christ. I was, she went to passion conference, gave her life to Christ, called me. So from there, it's just like history at that point that we just started talking on the phone every day. We would talk, we still do. We Marco Polo now for our Marco Polo people out there. Yeah, oh, That's what old people existence. do. The worst. <laughs> yeah. No y'all get also to this, probably Marco Polo. <laughs> we just showed our age. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so that's kind of how we kept in touch. And over the years, we flew, visited each other, and we've just kept up yeah. ever since. And I got to know you and I got to know Rob, yeah. your husband Rob. It was funny. Aaron and I Erin, you know, would always talk to me about her friend Caitlin and um, her husband Rob. And it just seemed like Rob and I pretty much had the exact same lives, just in two totally different areas. Like both worked in church, both yeah. young adults, pastors, all that good stuff. Um, share your stories for our listeners. Um, well, they, they work in a church called Encounter Oop-oop. in Southeast Texas. Um, they're young adults, pastors, associate pastors. They, they wear like 40 different hats, um, but primarily and for the longest time, they yeah. were young adult pastors. And so I think you have really great perspective um, to bring us today. But before, just kind of let our, our listeners get to know you a little bit. How did you two meet and how did you end up getting married and, and kind of having the life that you have now? You can start and I will correct of course, you. Of <laughs> so we um, actually met in high school. Yeah. Um, I'm a few years older than Caitlin. And so... Um, she loves to make that point yeah. and say that I robbed the cradle. So, um, but we did. We we met. I was actually a senior. She was a freshman. Um, we got to know each other that year. Um, actually, invited her, and she went to my senior prom with me. Um, nice. I know that seems sketchy because she was a freshman, but um, we went to a really small school. Yeah, so the I, pool I, is, is not very big. Yeah, we had yeah. like thirty people in our graduating class. So yeah. <laughs> but um, all of that to say, we we when I went to college the next year. Um, we just stayed in contact. We stayed friends and um, really stayed in contact for, I mean, the whole time five, say, six, yeah. seven years. I don't know how long it was. but um, And then there came a point down the road where she ended up single. I was single at the same time. And, um, and we both, by that point, were doing ministry independently at different churches. Um, and that kind of like was a quick spark into like, hey, we're going in the same direction. And yeah. um, from there, we ended up dating and um, got married a little bit after that. And Man, 
We're looking back almost eight years later now, and yeah. it's pretty wild. The rest is history. The rest is history. And Caitlin, you went to Concordia. Yeah. Rob, where did you go to school? And you, you actually did something a little little special at your college. <laughs> Rob is a uh, D1 football player, for those who didn't know. Where'd, yeah. you, where'd you go to school? So got recruited out of high school and went to Vanderbilt University, which is in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, if you've ever heard of Vanderbilt, unless you're just a diehard fan or from Nashville, the <laughs> only reason you've ever heard of them is because the team you like that's in the SEC got like blasted us. So we, uh, <laughs> I was there in the, the Tim Tebow, Florida era. They were the kind of the top dog. And um, it, it's obviously all Alabama now in the SEC. But uh, yeah, Tim Tebow in Florida used to smash us every single year. So, <laughs> Dude, but uh, to say you played against Tim Tebow is <laughs> awesome. That You know, who can say that? Definitely not me. I the only time I play against Tim Tebow is in a video game. So oh. <laughs> yeah, to say you did that, that that's cool. Um, so take us through. Both of you guys are pastors at your church now. Encounter yeah. Online or or Encounter. That's yeah. Encounter Online is your all's handle. T- handle. Yeah. Um, but what what roles did you have? How did you get into ministry? I guess, and then kind of take us through your journey real quick on where you started to where you're at today. Yeah. So I can start. Our, yeah. our stories are kind of similar, honestly. Um, we were both interns. So I was an intern at a church. Sign and, um, up for the internship. Yeah, internship plug right Quick there. Quick plug, yeah. 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 Seriously. So um, I was an intern at my church. Really what kind of happened is I knew I wanted to do ministry, but I can't, like, sing, right? I can't be on the worship team. I, like, didn't feel like I had the gift of, like, preaching. I'm like, what What can I do? And so I just if reached out. If you can't out. sing, what is ministry? I know. Like, that's how I felt. Like, what What am I yeah. good for? Like, what can I do? But I want to be at the church. So yeah. when I was 19, I just started interning. I was like, I'm kind of administrative. Maybe I could, you know, kind of do that. And so um, I interned for a year. And then I quickly, at 20 years old, became a youth pastor at, a, at actually, at Encounter. We church at that's the church awesome. plant. Yeah. So you went from intern to youth pastor. Yeah, intern to youth pastor. I was single. Um, woman power, right? <laughs> Running the youth ministry by myself. But then very quickly, um, I met Rob, or not met Rob, reconnected with Rob. We got married. We went off and did ministry by ourselves um, at a different church. And then we came back to Encounter. Oh, that's but awesome. But yeah, so for me, it all started with an internship and just kind of learning uh, how I could use my skills in the church and things like that. And so what, what's your like official role now? It's so right now I'm the ops pastor. Okay. So I oversee um, dream teams and small groups okay. and just the operations of the church. Yeah. Gotcha. So and dream teams now. for our context would be like our serve and volunteer yeah, teams. For so. sure. Yeah. yeah. And Rob, what's your story getting into ministry and, and where you're at now? Yeah, so so much for for me was centered around obviously football, like we talked about. That was like like if I have any other meatheads listening to this, or, <laughs> or, or any ladies who who've played college sports, um, that's your sole pursuit for so long. It's your sole focus. Yeah. And um, when that ended, I was very much in kind of like, for me, the darkest place I've probably ever been in in my life, just because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. Um, and so. F- actually got invited and in, to go to a, this church I was going to invited me to be a um, this winter retreat they were doing for the youth group. Um, they invited me to be kind of a, a small group leader, a, a group leader for one of the um, high school boys groups. And I go to that and and just in the kind of the, the quietness of, of my heart before a service, um, I just cried out to God and was like, God, what what am I supposed to do? And um, this may sound weird, but but as clear as we're talking to each other now in the depths of my spirit, um, I just heard God say, like, you, this is going to be you. Um, and it was referring to ministry. And um, I didn't really know what that meant. But, um, again, another quick plug for the internship. Like, <laughs> um, the pastor that, that I was under at that church invited me to come be an intern um, and learn from him and learn from the staff there. Um, and that that experience changed my life. And for Kate and bo- I both, I, I, not to beat this horse to death, but um, the internship really, we wouldn't be where we are without it. It yeah. taught us. Yeah, what we were interns was. at separate churches. Yeah. Like we did okay. intern we weren't interns together or anything like that. Yeah. And so from there, um, got at the end of, of kind of a, a year and a half period of interning, um, my first assignment was to split they were splitting the junior high and the high school at this church. And I was like the J High pastor and like oh, yeah. um, starting a junior high ministry and um and, and right about that time Kate came into my life and um from there actually got the opportunity to become a a um, youth pastor at a church, and we got married very quickly. After that, she came with me and at this church and became the junior high, or became the youth pastors at this church. Um, we left that church and went back to Encounter and um, to start a young adult ministry. Yeah, young adult ministry didn't exist. The, yeah, it didn't yeah. exist. And so we That's started awesome. the young adult ministry, and um, you know the the 
kind of the theme for both of us in the last six years, seven years has been um, be faithful with little, you'll be entrusted with much. And um, it started as just a, a young adult pastor slash uh, janitor, really. I, I, I When my senior pastor invited me to come on staff, he said, um, hey, I want you to join the staff, but to bring you on, we have to cut something out of our budget. And yeah. the only thing that we could afford to cut at that time was the cleaning person. Yeah. And so he was like, so you're going to have to take that on. So um, literally started at the bottom and now uh, oversee our young adult ministry and am the executive pastor at Encounter. Dude, that's awesome. I know. Hey, there's something about being a janitor. Matrone was a janitor yeah. before. Um, <laughs> I never was a janitor technically, but I kind of would prep and clean up after small groups at a church that yeah. I interned at. So. If you're if if you're listening right now and you are doing janitorial duties with dreams of more, don't give up. Yeah, you're don't on you are on the right track. <laughs> um, well, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you guys on was because of your history with young adults. You basically do what I do, what Andrew does um, down in in southeast East Texas in Encounter, which is um, build up. I don't even want to say the next generation, the current generation yeah. of people. You know, in college up through their mid to late 20s. Um, And we were talking earlier before the podcast, we were kind of writing out some of our notes. And just with all of our years combined of of young adult pastoring, probably the three biggest questions that are constantly coming up um, that we think are sort of the themes of your 20s to some degree is this, how do I know what I'm supposed to do with my life? How do I become the person God wants me to be? And then how do I find the person that God wants me to be with? And so basically, what am I doing? What what am I supposed to do? Who am I becoming? And then who am I going to do this life with? And so I thought you guys would have such awesome perspective that might, might look different or might maybe echo what we talk about normally on this podcast. Um, but I want to kind of dive in and just throw that first question out there. I think your 20s is such a, a hard time because you're not a kid anymore. Yeah. You're, you're out of school. You're kind of on your own. And you sort of graduate college or maybe you didn't go to college. You, you, you kind of have a gap year or two, but you're, you're sort of thrown into the real world. Yeah. And you meet this reality, this tension of, I know who I want to be, but here's what I'm doing right now. How do I discover what really like what I'm supposed to do with my life. And so I know you guys have probably answered that question hundreds of times at your young adult group. What when when somebody comes with you sort of with this 20 age quarter life crisis, I guess, how do you kind of steer that and direct that about finding your purpose in your 20s? Well, I think I think simply put for for us it's and anybody listening to this that that identifies with those questions Connor just asked, I think I just want to encourage you and remind you, like, you're not alone in this journey. I think yeah. every single person, if they're honest, someplace in their 20s, whether you're like we are now looking back on our 20s or you're in the middle of it right now, you're like, you you hit a place in your 20s where you go, I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. My master plan that I came up with at 18 is failing <laughs> yeah. and falling apart. We all, like, change our majors, like, five times in college <laughs> or, like, trying to figure it oh, out yeah. for sure. It crumbles before your eyes. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we just have a, a phrase that we kind of say to our young adults that just to encourage them that, like, your 20s really are all about figuring out what am I supposed to do with my life? And your 30s are trying to live out what it is you've come up with. And some people that happens earlier, some people that happens yeah. late into your 20s. But but I think for all of us, it's all about figuring it out. So you're not alone. And I think sometimes we sit in this isolated place where we're like, man, all my friends seem to have it together. They graduated college. They've gotten married. They've done this. And all these life moments start to happen. And maybe you're behind the curve there and you feel like, I don't have it together. Yeah. That's okay because the truth is none of us really have it yeah, together. Yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah. So. Yeah. So for somebody who, okay, so let's take the pressure off a little bit. I've got all of my twenties pretty much to really figure out what I want to give the rest of my life to. Right. What, what is like, what are some indicators that maybe might help direct somebody in knowing like, Hey, maybe I should go in this direction. Maybe I should follow this or. Yeah. I think we always start with like, what are you passionate about? What are your passions? What, what makes you tick? What do you get excited about? You know, um, what, what excites you? What what brings light to your eyes when you talk about it, when you're doing it? What's the thing you could do all day and never get tired of it? 
And we just start there because we really believe that God gave you those passions and desires. Those aren't just things that you just have and they're there. Like, no, God placed those inside of you for a reason, for a purpose, to use them to grow his kingdom. So let's start with that. Let's see what you're passionate about. Let's see the desires that God's given you and let's see how you can kind of apply that to your life. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I think we young adults, you know, we might chase the money or we chase yeah. the fame or we chase the hype or we're like, whatever's cool, whatever's popular, but it's not, it's not satisfying and fulfilling where if you really just start with what you're passionate about, it's a, it's a good place to start. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a quote I heard that says, I'll never be satisfied making a dollar when my purpose is to make a difference. Yeah. And, and I think, good. I think in That's the context of, of your passions and, and what it is I'm supposed to do, like, like Caitlin was saying, don't just get caught up trying to chase this idea of, of a certain dollar amount that's going to make you quote unquote successful. And again, I think in the context of, of church and Christianity, uh, man, it, it's so much more than that. And so I would say not just what are you passionate about, but also where are you invested at? Like, because understand you're building a future for yourself now, whether it's good or bad, yeah. whether it's going to be a, a strong foundation or it's going to be something that's going to crumble in two years, five years, or even right now you feel like it's crumbling. Like, yeah. like what are you invested in? Because the reality, like I said, not trying to be hyper spiritual, but just where your treasure is, like there your heart will be is what the Bible says. And so what it says is basically whether it's money or time, talent, like what you're invested in is ultimately going to be what you're building your future on. Yeah. And so what are you passionate about and what are you investing your life in right now? Yeah, I think it's so easy for us as Christians to kind of feel like unless unless my passion is hyper spiritual right it can't be what god good, has yeah. called me to um we, we tend to like over spiritualize there's a phrase that you're you're so spiritual you're of no like earthly good kind of and i think i found myself in that lane when i was navigating my 20s was you know i didn't really have a passion for ministry until later when i became a christian i grew up in my like a christian household but I didn't really commit my life to following Jesus until college. And so I had this map. I had this roadmap once I became a Christian. And I was like, oh, I feel like I would really enjoy doing this or that. But it doesn't seem very spiritual. So that that maybe that's not what God is calling me to. Does there have to be an element of quote unquote spirituality to a passion or if you just love working on cars? Can that be what, what yeah, God put you on the planet for? Sure, for? for sure. hundred percent. No, it does not have to be this over-spiritual thing. And I think especially uh, us young adults who are in church, you know, we can very much shouldn't over-spiritualize it. But we believe, like, God made everybody different and with everyone with a purpose, and that's okay. And I think too many times as young adults, or especially in the church, we, like, will criticize everyone. I use this example a lot when I'm teaching volunteers, but I think it applies to life, too. I say, you know, when you walk into a sanctuary, right, there's there's— there's several types of volunteers, but there's the one we're going to focus on two is what I normally say. There's one volunteer who sees the crooked chairs and immediately goes and straightens them because it's crooked and everything needs to be straight and perfect. And then there's the other volunteer who sees the guests sitting by themselves and immediately goes over there and starts talking to them and, you know, making them feel welcome. And that's great. But too many times you see the volunteer who's visiting with the lost person look at the person straightening chairs and go, you don't care about people. You know, yeah. you should care more about people. And then the person straightening the chairs like, you have no level of excellence. It's not time to talk. It's time to straighten chairs. And and the truth is God made both those people that way, and we need them both. Yeah. And the truth – and that was a spiritual example <laughs> to talk about, not be spiritual, but – the, the truth is that's how it is in the world. You need the mechanics. We need the plumbers. We need the doctors. We need the lawyers. We need everyone like God created you to do that and to use that for his glory and his kingdom. And if we do take Christians out of the business world, like we're just setting ourselves up for up for failure. So for sure, it doesn't have to be this spiritual cause to what we would say is like change the world. Like if you're doing what God called you to do, like that's you're going to change the world and the people you're around by doing yeah. that. Well, I, I'll just talk practically for a second and say that like, I think my pursuit of football and, and the passion I had for it and my desire to be great at it was just as holy as me trying to be a pastor now. Yeah. Like in that season, that was 100% what I would say, like just to spiritualize, to use a church term, like that's what I was called to do. It was what I had been gifted to do. The, my body type, my, my my nature was very geared for that. And I think it was a very holy pursuit that God had given me to chase that. Now, separate that from the lifestyle that I chose to live. So like yeah. the amount of, of alcohol I consumed during some of that season, the, yeah. the amount of maybe pornography I watched in the middle of that probably wasn't what I would call a holy purpose. But, but 
the pursuit of football in and of itself, I think, was actually very holy. Yeah. It was very right. It was actually very good. Um, and so I would say that to anybody sitting there going, well, I don't feel called to to work at the church. Be that's okay, bro. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like God created you and knows what you're good at. Chase that. Like, don't be afraid of that. Yeah, I think one of the most God-honoring things, and honestly, one of the strongest witnesses that we can have to other people is when you take what God's given you and you're, you become excellent at it, regardless of what it is. So be- good, yeah. Because what you're telling God is like, hey, I'm not upset with how you made me. I'm not frustrated at the things that you've given me, like dreams and desires for. What I'm actually going to do is I'm going to take the things you've gifted me with and I'm going to hone them to be the best that I can possibly be. And as weird as it may sound, if that's working on a car, flying yeah. a plane, you know, a stay-at-home parent, whatever that is, driving an Uber. Like, yeah. you literally can give God glory by being excellent at not only, like, your ultimate call, but even your season of life right, that you're sure. in and, like, in what you're doing. And so— I, I think—I th- was going to say this, Connor. I think that, too, like, there's a lot of times a promised land that we feel like, this is my end goal. This is what I'm going to do. And, like, that time in between isn't just a waste. Like, you're called to that yeah. season and whatever, but so much we just want to get to that promised land, that promised land— but if you're right, if driving the Uber is this season of your call, it might not be your promise land and what you want to do for the rest of your life. But like, don't waste it, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think when it comes to knowing our purpose in our 20s, this is probably the biggest rub, especially now with Instagram, TikTok, all this different stuff, is we see people who are 19, 20, 21 with millions of dollars, yeah. millions of followers and we feel like we're behind the eight ball when it comes to where we should be in life right. because of this influencer, this fitness person, this celebrity, whatever. Um, you said something earlier, and and I, I, I really want to talk about this because, I mean, as a 32-year-old, which for some of you listening, that might sound ancient. <laughs> <laughs> like I still find myself doing this. We in our 20s specifically, though, we tend to kind of want spotlight and fame because that's what we've equated with arrival and success before we have a foundation of character that's there. And so we kind of hit a little bit on how do I know what I'm supposed to do with my life? Mm -hmm. But I think this is a good transition because what you do with your life will always kind of be in tandem with the person that God is making you to be with your life. And so I guess how do we develop godly character or like you know how do we how do we become the person to where if god does give us that promised land that dream of what we've always wanted to do we have that character and that foundation to sustain that once we get it yeah because i think i i like this this quote i wrote it down it says if the spotlight on you is greater than light inside of you you'll crumble and um, exactly what you're saying, we chase we chase that that spotlight so much that if we aren't our characters not molded and developed when we get there, we're just gonna fall apart. So Rob, you can speak to it a little bit. What are some things you think we can do to mold our character? I think just in the concepts of, of character in general, like I think we get afraid of the idea of character because to acknowledge that our character needs to be fixed or changed yeah. makes us acknowledge the fact that maybe we have some flaws. Yeah, yeah. we and, don't and, have it all figured out. And <laughs> I love I love this quote from Michelangelo. He, if you know who he is, he, he was an artist and a sculptor, and he said this about sculpting. He said, in every block of marble, I see a statue as plain as though it stood before me, shaped and perfect in attitude and action. I have only a, to hew away the rough walls that imprison the lovely apparition to reveal it to the other eyes as mine see it. And he said that I saw the angel in the marble and carved until I set him free. And I think in the same way, like God knows what's, what you're good at, what your calling is, what you were created to do with your life. And in the midst of that, character is simply to me the rough edges that need to be smoothed over for you to fulfill or reach that ultimate level of success. Yeah. And I think sometimes like Connor was Connor, you're saying like we get so caught up in chasing an idea of success that maybe is different than God's because it, what God views as success isn't going to look good on Instagram. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so because of that, like I, like Michelangelo was saying, like, I think God treats us like a sculpture and he's like, Hey, I'm going to carve you away until you become this perfect statue that I see you as. And in the midst of that, like some of those areas, I think very simply like practical character and integrity is simply like doing the right thing at where you're at in life right now. Like no matter what, no matter what, no yeah. matter the cost, no matter what it is. I, I, 
I've heard it said like this, if you want to live a life of true happiness, like walk in integrity every single day because you always know that you did the right thing and you did what you were supposed to do. And Rob, you can speak just a little bit, but Connor, you talked about how we were, Rob was a janitor. Like that was one of the most character molding, shaping times of our lives. Cause like literally, you know, we weren't, I don't believe our promise is to clean toilets. Some people it is like we need the janitors, but we don't yeah. think that was ours. That was such a hard time. And how many nights did you come home just frustrated as, as I'll get out? Kind of talk about that a little bit because that made it, you is, the person is every you are. night to to, yeah. to extreme, like <laughs> oh, I, for sure. I mean, in, in, in all seriousness, when you're on this journey, like I don't want to discourage anybody, but the reality is like we're all on a on a journey to the promised land. And, and I've heard it put this way that like you never make it to the promised land without going through the wilderness first. Yeah. Yeah. And God's already predetermined how long your wilderness journey is. And if you look at that in the concepts of like the book of Exodus, like it was meant to be a 40 day journey and it turned into a four year journey yeah. or 40 year journey. And, and man, that that's not a, what we want in our life. But the reality is that's what we can do. Yeah. And, and so like Caitlin's talking about, like I came home, I honestly once a month, if if not once a week in certain seasons, just frustrated yeah. because I wasn't doing a good enough job or it wasn't like, and so practical, like integrity was like knowing what my boss expected. And even though I didn't want to scrub behind the toilet, I would <laughs> have to do it because it was what was expected. Yeah. Or if I didn't get something done in the time frame of, of when I was asked, it took everything inside of me to just want to lie and go, oh yeah, it, it it's getting done or, oh yeah. And make up some, some, BS story that that isn't true when the reality is like just owning it and going, you know what, boss, I didn't get that done today. And that was so hard for me and so deflating because like most of you, I want to be good at what I do. And I never thought I would be a janitor. It wasn't what I signed up for necessarily. But in the midst of it, like I learned more about leading people as a janitor than I would have in anything else. And and I, I say that because going through a season like this, made a big impact in my life simply because it forced me and it taught me the idea of how to, how to serve. Yeah. I was a, I was, I thought leadership was telling people what to do. All right. I'm a football guy. And an athlete's like, you want to be the leader. You're the loudest voice. You're the one pointing, telling people, Hey, don't do that. Do this. Like, and what I learned was like, leadership is serving. Leadership yeah. is scrubbing the toilet so that some guests can come in and have a great experience. Yeah. Like, and that's not what and I get wanted. no credit for it. No. Yeah. yeah. No one ever notices the janitor unless something goes wrong. Right. And that's very much like <laughs> right, right. very yeah. much what I experienced. But but the reality is like embrace this season and like God is carving those rough edges. Like so maybe you're a liar. And yeah, no, I don't want to call say you a liar. I want to say like young adults quit lying. Yeah. Like I think that's one yeah. of the biggest things like just white lies that don't seem like a big deal. Like it is a big deal because it is your character that you're molding and you're accepting little lies. Like I always get text all the time or, or something. It's like, Hey, I'm running late. My alarm didn't go off. Like, what do you mean your alarm didn't go off? Like, did your alarm really not go off? Or you just overslept or you just decided to take a shower and you'd be 10 minutes late. Like just tell the truth that you're running late today. Sorry. Like yeah. I, I heard a quote one time that that is the person that you are today will be the person that you are 10 years from now, just with 10 more years of repetition. Yeah, yeah. And so, so true. That's good. And so I think, man, if all of us, myself included, like right now, I have things that I, I'm trying to work on, that I'm trying to allow God to refine and, and, and make me more like Jesus. But make no mistake— your 20s, you are so moldable and, and malleable, if that's a yeah. word, um, that don't think that, oh, man, like, you know, sliding into this girl's DMs, you know, like going on a date with this girl and then going on a date with this girl and not telling them about each other or like the patterns that you're setting up for yourself right now don't just disappear when you turn 30. Right. They don't just disappear when you get into a serious relationship like if you if you like to play the game and play the field and you kind of cheat and lie a little bit in your relationships, if you don't allow God to correct that in your life, you're just going to be a cheater with 10 years experience yeah, to sure. 10 years down the road. And so I think, man, being intentional about who you're becoming, the character that you want to have in your life, the character that the Bible calls us to have in our life is so important in our 20s. I, I've heard it said nothing can prolong or derail a call more than lack of character. Yeah. And so 
just practically, I guess, what would be a few things that you would tell our audience if they're like, you know what, man, like I do, I, I'm late to work and I always have an excuse. It's always traffic or it's always my alarm or it's always, but really I'm just, I just need to get better at being on time or maybe I do cheat in relationships or I'm not honest about that. Like, how do I go about correcting that? What would be, if you could give our listeners maybe two or three, I don't know, just like really good things to work on your character in your twenties, what would be, what would be like your best piece of advice or or two? We can just kind of ping pong this, but like, I, I know one for sure for us is just like, Embrace extreme honesty. Like, yeah. like just tell the truth. Yeah. And it seems so simple. It seems so, but like, I think we've gotten so comfortable telling little white lies that like they don't even phase us anymore. And we don't and, even think it's like wrong. Yeah. yeah. Like, no big deal. That's fine. And it gets to the point, like, and young adult listening to this, please hear me on this. Like, nothing's more embarrassing to someone who's now, like Connor said, like 32, who you may go, oh, that's, that's an old person now. But like, <laughs> But nothing's more embarrassing to somebody who's outside of that, that knows you're lying and can tell that like there's no way that's a true story. Yeah. And it makes them view you differently. Yeah. yeah. And I have too long, like, just didn't take I took that for granted and thought, no, that I'm I totally sold that lie. They'll never know I was not telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. and, and I look back on it, I'm like, no, they knew I was lying. Like be open and honest, I would say for sure. Number one, I would say like be committed. Like, whatever you – make your word your word. Like, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Have follow through. Follow, like, yeah, yeah follow yeah. through is huge in in leading. If you're ever going to lead and in, in, even in the secular world and be a boss one day, like, they need to know that when you say you're going to do something, like, you're going to do it. So start practicing that because it's so easy. Even if it's as simple as, like, hey – um, I'm going over to Connor and Aaron's for dinner. Don't bail on them last minute. Like you committed, you said you were going to be there, be there, show up, do what you said you were going to do. And it's little things now, but exactly what we said, it'll be bigger things. So definitely like be honest, don't lie, be committed. Live a life of discipline. Yeah. Skip and, and that's so hard. And, and, and I wish I could take credit for this because yes. it would sound so good. But like <laughs> this is Craig Rochelle 101. Yeah. But, if, but his if def- you don't know who Craig Rochelle is, Google him right now and read and That's your step. Everything. That's a practical that's a, step. <laughs> yeah, listen to the step. Craig Rochelle podcast Seriously. after this. But, but he, he talks about discipline and he says like to introduce disciplines in your life, don't try to change your whole life at once. And I, I'll use the example of like going to the gym. You try to change your whole routine to make like the gym this priority, right? And you burn out very quickly because you're going to change how you eat. You're going to change, go to the gym. You're going to change the clothes. You wear all of this all at once and it becomes overwhelming and too much. And this thing is like Craig Rochelle puts it this way and says simply, if you want to introduce a discipline into your life, do something and practice it every day until you conquer it. And it can be a small thing. Like, like I said, if you want to become more disciplined in your hygiene, I'm going to floss every day for 40 days until it becomes routine habit. And I do it like second nature. And in the same way, like build a life of discipline, like do become consistent with whatever it is you want to achieve. And if, and if you want to be smart with your discipline, think about the end goal. What do you want to become? What is your passion? What do you want to build to and, um, and and stick with a routine every single day? Yeah. I think that's so good. Um, one of the spiritual discipline, or not spiritual disciplines, uh, fruits of the spirit um, that never get talked about, but weirdly is something that I felt like God speak to me to really focus on this year is self-control. And I feel like discipline is is a form of self-control. Oh, yeah. And so I think sometimes when we think of discipline, of like being a person of our word, not lying, being, being there at seven when we say we're going to be there at seven, we think those are just like, I, I, like things that we like, like self-discipline things, but, but self-control, which, which more kind of better defined is like self-mastery, like being in control of yourself, um, is actually a fruit of the spirit. It's a sign that the Holy Spirit is working and active in your life. And so, um, man, if you're in your twenties, there is no better time than now to start to become the person that you want to be, but more importantly, the person that God wants you to be. So, identify those areas, work on them, like build yourself 10 years from now. You want to be a person that's got 10 years of integrity under your belt, not 10 years of, of dishonesty and, and, and stuff like that. And so we've jumped in, we've talked a little bit about how do I know what I'm supposed to do? How do I become the person God wants me to be? But let's go into everybody's favorite subject because you wouldn't be a young adult pastor if you didn't talk about this at least once a week with somebody. <laughs> How do I find the person that God wants me 
to be with? How do I find my future spouse? And can I just can I just say before I kick this over to them, it's not at the club. I know a <laughs> bunch of you come to YA on Thursdays and then go directly to the clubs. Maybe not because of COVID, but you used to. Yeah. I follow you on Instagram. Don't make me come down there and find you at the clubs. Um, but it won't be at the club. How do you find if you're in your 20s, you're sorting out who do I want to be? What do I want to do? But the question that's always kind of consuming us is who do I want to do my life with? Who do I want to share my entire life with? How do we start to find that and navigate that in a way that not only is good for us, but honors God in the process? Well, I, I think to start this, and I think this goes into all of it, right? From purpose to the the concept that of dating, like I think there's a consistent theme that we can't leave out the God part of this. And the greatest thing that happened to me personally, I think, was before Caitlin came into my life, um, obviously outside of high school, when, whenever um, I was starting ministry and all this, I got to a place where I, I had to embrace singleness. And, and I look like, and like a lot of you, you may feel like you're sitting on Baltic with crap right now going like, <laughs> I have no future. There's no one around me that, that I find attractive or like. And, and, and I will tell you the greatest thing I did was make the commitment to say, God, if it's just you and me, I'm all in. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to fall in love with Jesus and make him a priority. And, and I, I don't want to, like I said, over-spiritualize it, but I think trying to grow in any area of your life, whether it be your purpose or your character or a relationship, like with leaving God out of it is not going to turn out very good results. And so the number one thing you can do, read your Bible every single day. Yeah. Pray every single day. Worship every single day. It seems so simple, but... If you do that and you say, God, I'm all in on you, the word of God makes it really clear that God gives us the desires of our hearts. He knows you desire yeah. to have someone in your life. So don't leave him outside of this part of your life. Yeah. yeah. And I would say like whenever you are, when you do that and you chase after God and you're praying and you're reading your Bible and, and, and all those things, I've heard it said like this, you run as fast as you can. And then you look to the left and the right and you see who's running with you. Like, don't turn around and look back. Like, don't look for any spouses behind you. Look for the people beside of you. And those are the people that you want to consider viable options, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I think one thing that I find in a lot of people that I talk to and one of the, maybe the biggest hindrances in our 20s, weirdly, one of the biggest blessings in our in our 20s, our relationships, and then one of the biggest hindrances in our 20s can be a bad relationship. Yeah. Somebody that's not just pulling you away from Jesus, but maybe like pulling you away from a career you feel passionate about, making you make like have these ultimatums in your life that you just don't need in your life right now. So not only can relationships be a blessing, they can be kind of toxic. And so, Rob, we were talking before you you kind of had this analogy of Mr. and Mrs. Right, first Mr. and Mrs. Right now. And I really like that. I, I'd never really heard of that before. Um, dive into that a little bit because I think that that's the temptation in our 20s. I know the person I want to end up having kids with, growing old with, but they don't look like they're around right now. But this person's got biceps or this girl, <laughs> you know, she's got it going on. Like they, they might not be Mr. and Mrs. Right, but they're right now and they're right here. So I'm, I'm going to make my play. But that can be so disrailing to our future. Maybe dive into that that idea of holding out for the right one rather than the available one. So I think very simply, like finding someone is easy. Yeah. Like you can find someone anywhere, any day, whether it be church, the club, work, the gym, like finding someone is easy, but finding the right one the right way can be really difficult. And I think sometimes we get so frustrated because we want instant gratification. Yeah. And what we want now screams really loud and, and tells us like, this is this is what you want. Chase this. Go after this. And, and I think the problem is like what we have access to now may not be God's best for us. And we get frustrated sometimes or it can cause problems on the back end because, yeah, they look good. But, man, we're not going in the same direction. We're not chasing after the same. But the sex may be really good, but we've we've missed we've kind of put something in front of that was never meant to be there. And I think very simply, like Proverbs 25, 24 says this, it's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. And I love that <laughs> verse because I think it's so true. Like it, all of us think this is going to be awesome, but man, what you have right now may not be God's best. And, and I'll go personal here and say, 
there were two times in my life where I there was a really two really nice girls who were pretty, who were awesome. Like I liked them. I thought they liked me. I thought we could really have something here. And and it's so funny because Caitlin and I were actually friends at the time. She was dating another guy. I was like pursuing this girl. And I remember so distinctly us like having a conversation together. And she's like, oh, yeah, where's you date anybody? I'm like, hey, I'm pursuing this girl. And I'm like, we're like, oh, I'll pray for that for you. Like now we're married, which is kind of funny. But but I say that to say I was very seriously pursuing this person and asking God, like, God, make this my wife. She's a good person. She's awesome. She's pretty. She's everything I'm looking for right now. And and I guess I would just ask you, young adult, on the other end of this, like, have you ever asked God, hey, is the person I'm with or the person I want who you want for me? Yeah. And asking that question frustrated me because God said no. And I didn't like that answer at the time. But I want to encourage you and tell you, like, I was willing to wait for God's best. And because of that, I now have Caitlin in my life. And I think about this, if God had said yes to those two people that I had prayed for before Caitlin and he had given them to me, I would have missed out on what now I consider the greatest blessing I've ever been given outside of Jesus is, is my wife. Yeah, and, awesome. and, I, and like I said, finding someone is easy, but waiting for the right person and wait, doing it the right way is really, really hard sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that also um, when you are like praying or pursuing or looking or searching for a spouse, that that person's not going to bring you down in your career and your goals and your life and where you're going like that. Your spouse is only going to make you better and enhance what you do. And I think so many times we see young adults because we want, you know, Mr. or Mrs. right now, we're willing to maybe sacrifice some dreams we have, some passions we have. Like, no, like going back to what we talked to, like God gave you those passions, those dreams, those desires. And if he gave you those, he's going to give you the spouse that's going to come alongside of you and enhance those dreams and enhance those desires and enhance those passions. But even some attraction, right? Like, yeah. like I think sometimes <laughs> we're like, oh, if I'm going to marry a Christian girl, she's got to be ugly. Like, <laughs> no, like that's not that's what God right. wants. That is what we think. It's so true. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to go to church and find a girl. She's going to be ugly and not have a personality because I like girls at the club or whatever. Right. Like, like, and the reality is like, God, God has his best for you. Yeah. He and is. I believe that so passionately. And, and that means like, if you're attracted to a certain person or a certain personality type or a certain color hair, or like one of my favorite people that we work with, um, he, he is like, I am non-negotiable and she's got to have blue eyes. If she didn't have blue eyes. I'm not interested. I don't, I don't care about it. Like, and so we'll like try to hook him up with some people and he's like, what color are eyes? And I'm like, bro, they're brown. And he's like, nah, can't happen. Like, <laughs> and, and, and as much as we joke, like, don't think that that's bad. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's okay. Like, just like it's great to pursue your passions. Like, if you're passionate about a certain thing that you're attracted to, that's an okay thing because I believe God gave you that passion. Yeah. That's, that's good. good. That's good. So for, for our people listening, um, you know, Caitlin, there were things about Rob that you found attractive. Rob, things about Caitlin. Everything that, that about these attractive. <laughs> <on it. laughs> yeah. Yes. Lord. But so let's let's move a little bit from it, it is definitely good. I, I, I shared this one time on a podcast about relationships. Like just because somebody has character but they're not attractive doesn't mean you should overlook attraction. Um, there's a story about a guy. It's It's fake. I heard this from another pastor, but – he married this this girl who was ugly, but she could sing. And one night they were laying in bed and he rolled over and he looked at her and he was like, oh, sing, baby, sing. <laughs> you know, like, but I, be attracted to the person that you want to do the rest of your life with. But beyond physical attraction, I guess, Caitlin, I'll ask you and yeah. then Rob, I'll ask you, what were some of the intangibles, maybe the things that we talked about earlier, that that character yeah. or the things that go, you know, further than skin deep that that drew you to Rob yeah. that might maybe there's a there's a girl listening who she's in a relationship right now um, and she's attracted to the guy, but she's just not sure if he has that character, or those intangibles yeah. that she wants in a husband or a father one day. What were some of those things in Rob that that really drew yeah. you to him that could be good signals for any of the ladies listening to, to look for in a guy. Yeah, for sure. All my ladies, I would recommend you like write them down, like make a list. And for, for me, some of those things were like, I want someone who is going to work hard, like not afraid of the hustle. Yeah. Like I'm going to hustle. I'm going to grind. I'm going to bust it. And if you're afraid of the hustle and you're just like want to sit on the couch and eat chips, like it's not going to work out between <laughs> us, you know, like yeah. I'm trying to be a mover, a shaker, do big things. And so um, for me, it was someone that was willing to maybe hustle 
Um, also, I looked for things that are kind of opposite of me as well. Okay. So um, Rob is super relational. So I always laugh because sometimes we'll be prayer partners at church and like these girls will walk up for prayer and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll pray with you. Like, no, I want Rob to pray for me. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, I have to like stand there, right? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. But just because he's a relator, like he makes people feel like they can, you know, they can be heard and that they can talk to him. So that was really important to me It's finding someone who could kind of balance me out. I can tend to be, um, you know, just straight into the point in black and white. And I really wanted someone who could kind of just be a little warmer. So for me, definitely someone that could hustle, someone that was um, warm and someone who just like was not afraid of, of hard work. Yeah. I mean, just not afraid of it. And so what did that do? Like the physical attractions there, but when, when you're uncompromising and finding those character things, yeah. it only deepens it. Oh, for right? sure. For sure. Because you can find there's good looking people everywhere around right. the world. But when you find those intangibles, that character, um, it just takes that physical attraction and makes it a much deeper, like on an emotional level. You're finding what you're looking for. Rob, for the fellas out there that maybe they found a girl – she looks great, you know, like they're physically attracted. What were some of the intangibles that drew you to Caitlin? That maybe if there's a guy out there who's single and thinking about getting a relationship, or maybe he's in a relationship, and he's like, this girl, she's awesome, but I just don't know if she has those intangibles. What are some things that you would encourage a young adult in their 20s to really look for that goes beyond skin deep? I mean, you got to start start skin deep, though. She had to be thick with two C's, and like oh that, that's where God. it started. But like, <laughs> <laughs> totally just derailed the question. Started but, and then did. No, oh, but but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think for me it was two things. I wanted somebody who was going to, like Caitlin said, keep up with me. But but bigger than just keep up, I, I wanted somebody who was going to make me better as a man. And and I'd gotten to a place where I was very aware that I had some flaws, that I yeah. had some like things that like like rough edges that could hinder me, even some work ethic things that like I'm not very good at this. And so I wanted somebody who was going to come alongside of me and not just be like, "Hey, go chase your thing," but was going to go like, "Hey, let's go chase this together." Yeah, yeah that's and, good. And and I don't I, I'll be honest, from a ministry perspective but but in any career field, I don't know how couples make it if they're not in it together. Like yeah. if you have your pursuits and she has her pursuits, not that you can't have individual hobbies or friends or like you don't have to do everything together. But like if you're not running passionately in the same direction, I don't know how you make it. And Caitlin was running in the same direction as me. And that that changed my life. That yeah. helped me so much because I, I, I wanted somebody who wasn't going to come in and be like, hey, I'm just going to stay at home. You go do your thing or I'm going to go to my job. You go to your like, like not that you have to work at the same location, but you got to be interested in the same things. And and that for me yeah, was you got to be able one. to come home, talk about work, how was your day, not like I don't really want to hear about that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so you got to be able to share your life with each other for sure. And then somebody who, like I said, and I I, I want to kind of book in this for me, like like I said on the front end, like st- when it comes to relationship, don't leave God out of it. And I, I, you've heard the cliches probably, like oh, marry somebody who loves Jesus more than she loves you, but like. But in all sincerity, like I wanted somebody who was going to push me to like chase after God better than I ever had before. Yeah. Not be like, hey, st- like stop reading your Bible and talk to me. Yeah. Like those were some things that had been red flags in yeah, my, that's, in my that's past. Good. Hey, like don't go to church so much. Yeah, you're spending too much time at church. That's a red flag for sure. And yeah. so I wanted somebody who was going to be like, no, like, no, let's read the Bible together. No, let's pray. Let's let's no, let's go to church together. Like those were things that I was very much looking for and kind of kind of some intangibles that like made a big impact in my life. And I'd say maybe one more that I would add is like somebody who wasn't going to quit. Yeah. I knew I didn't want to get divorced. And, and, and I, like I said, I, I can't, my parents aren't divorced, but Caitlin's were. And so when we were going through this whole dating process, we very much had, had approached this mindset of like, I want somebody who's going to be ride or die. Yeah. And, and not cliche, not cheesy, but like quit divorce isn't an option even if it gets hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just tell you, like, it's gotten hard. We've had uh-huh. bad days. We've gone through circumstances. We've, I, I've messed up and done things. She's messed up and done things. But, but knowing at the end of the day, you're in it with me forever. That made a big difference for, for both of us and something that, like, I think changed both of our, our, our viewpoints on what we were looking for was like, we're in this together and we're not quitting. Yeah. That, so are you going to, awesome. like, tell them how I'm more athletic than you? And that was like a really good thing that, 
I don't even know what that means. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was it, ladies. Be more athletic. Because <laughs> you played college sports too, right? Yeah, I did softball. There you but... go. Marry somebody. If you're an athlete, marry another athlete. There, there you, you go. go. That's, a, that's a key to success. And hopefully we just had a kid. Hopefully we had an athletic kid. We'll see. There you go. <laughs> we'll see. Who knows? Um. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Um, thank you guys so much for coming and joining. Yeah. We're, I, I love having other young adult pastors on here because, in some ways, we all walk through the same things. Like pastor, yeah. you know, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a waiter, a waitress, whether you're working in oil and gas, whatever, your twenties are your twenties, and bringing people in that have perspective and and are called by God to help navigate that is always special and refreshing and hopefully for some of you listening it reinforced some things in your life and hopefully for some of you it's going to challenge you to uh do better and be better and really kind of walk towards the person god wants you to be i'll just throw it out there before we close um any final closing thoughts any last minute things yeah, that I, you want to i had one thing throw that, in I, there? that i feel like someone out there needs to hear um but in this t- in if you're out there and you're single in this time of singleness we really talked about working on yourself and your character but like as far as it comes to relationships, like start working now on the spouse that you want to be because when you get married, it doesn't change. Yeah. So um, this is kind of blunt, but like if you're out there and you have like a porn addiction, like it's not going to change when you get married. Like yeah. you're just going to bring that into your marriage. So, so get get rid of your junk now. You Embrace this time of singleness to really start to become the type of spouse you want to be. If you're not disciplined where you don't wake up and read your Bible, like that's not going to change just because you mar- get married. Like. Really work and focus on those things now before you enter into a relationship. It'll save you a lot of trouble, and hopefully that's for someone out there listening. That's awesome. i just like to insert with, like, just a piece of practical advice. Like, take something from this, whether it be chasing after your purpose, whether it be, like, the idea of, of fixing some areas of, of your, your character um, or relationship advice. Like, take one piece of this and write down, like, how you're going to work on it. And, yeah. and, and don't just let this, yeah. like, don't let words just be words. We can talk all day long, but like, if it doesn't lead to action, it's ultimately kind of pointless. And so take one piece of this and say, Hey, I'm going to work on this area of my life starting today. That's awesome. Good. That's awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thanks for being a part of the podcast. Anybody, Kate, you want to pray for us yeah, before for we sure. close out? For sure. Lord, we just come to you today. We just thank you uh, that you see us, that you hear us. We thank you that you have a plan for us, that you have a spouse for us, that you haven't forgot about us, Lord, that um, you have a promised land that you, you've you given to us, Lord. Help us to be faithful in the waiting, faithful in the wilderness, Lord. Help our character to be molded and shaped as we uh, grow closer to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. And thank you guys for listening in to this week's podcast. For all things Red Rocks Church, you can go to redrockschurch.com and that'll take you to our website. You can find how to get plugged in, how to sign up for services, how to volunteer. Yeah, we'll we'll have the internship up there soon. So sign up for that. Um, And for all things young adults, you can go to ryya.org or you can follow us on Instagram on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. Be sure to subscribe. And if you know somebody in their 20s um, who's just trying to navigate life, give this a share. Maybe it'll help them out. Um, If you want to keep up with the guests that we had on our podcast today, Rob and Caitlin, um, guys, what are your tags on social? And then let's give Encounter Church uh, a plug as well. Yeah, so my social is kate.asherbrainer. Good luck. A-S-H-A-B-R-A-N-N-E-R. So (laughs) kate.asherbrainer. Our church is Encounter.online. And you guys even have a young adult ministry. Yeah, Encounter.ya. There you go, Rob. So it's like Caitlin said, good luck with the last name, but it's just Rob Asherbrenner, one one phrase, R-O-B-A-S-H-A-B-R-A-N-N-E-R. And you're rocking the uh, the Mighty Ducks Conway jersey. And hey, you're from, yeah. There that's you it. go. That's, that's how it. you know it's a good follow. Charlie Conway. So, hey, thank you guys so much. We love you, and we will be back next week. Peace out. <laughs>